Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel and the Romero's Living Dead Retrospective Podcast, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films, albums, and shorts that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! 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 Hello and welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel. Every single Friday we take you through another installment in the classic horror retrospective franchise. Right now we're covering Romero's Living Dead. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout all of these movies is Haruka Abe. Hello. And Christina Masterson. Hi. Oh, let's here we are, <laughs> Day of the Dead. We're into the 80s. So we've dealt with the 60s, we've dealt with the 70s, now we're into the 80s. It's kind of like a little tour of fashion. That's what these <laughs> movies are. <laughs> Get to pick what you like. 1985, Dare to Dead, directed, of course, by George A. Romero, yet again. Written purely by George A. Romero, yet again. Same DP as last time. We have a new composer, however, in the guise of, what is it, John Harrison. He had worked with Romero just before this film on Creep Show. Romero had done a couple of films before this, in between, I mean, Dawn of the Dead, and we'll get to all of that in just a second. But before we do, let's have a look at the landscape of 1985. Christina, can you please take us through the top 10 movies in the worldwide box office so we know what was Romero competing against? Okay. And these are all movies like, I was very much alive at this point, so I should definitely recognize most of these. Let's find out. Okay. Sorry, let me just... uh... That's all right. You do all things you got to do. I understand you got to hack things. You got to do some okay, coding. Okay, I got it. I got it. All right, there we go. Number 10, Spies Like Us. Yeah, fuck. I don't know that one. <laughs> it stars that. Chevy Chase. Oh, yeah. We're getting to the 80s goofball comedy era. Yeah. But no, I don't know that one. I don't know it either. But number nine, you will know this one, The Goonies. The Ooh, Goonies. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we're getting to like Spielberg era kids movies, goofy comedies. What else we got? Number eight, we got Witness. That yeah, has Har- you know Harrison Ford. Yeah. Do you yeah, know who Harrison Ford is? I've heard <laughs> of him. Sure. I've heard of him. He's in a little <laughs> film called Henry. Number seven, The Jewel of the Nile. Oh, this is cool. This was the sequel to Romance in the Stone. Ah. You ever heard of that film? It was um, Michael Douglas. Oh. And it was a real like Indiana Jones sort of style knockoff, mm. um, but based on books, I think. And they're actually, if, uh, they were decent. Like, if you like Indiana Jones and you're always going, there are no good Indiana Jones films like to made nowadays because it's stuff like National Treasure or whatever. These were decent. These were good. Um, mm, and cool. The era. And it also has Kathleen Turner and Danny DeVito in it. Yes. Hmm. Yes, it does. Interesting. He gives me okay. the creeps, Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you give him the creeps. Oh, I hope so. okay number six cocoon Ooh, cocoon yeah you never seen cocoon it's directed by ron howard isn't he the ron howard he's now just finished writing solo but yeah ron howard he used to be part of uh happy days he was richie 
Ah. Yeah, it's a good film. Okay. Well, it's a classic film. If it's good or not, I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number five, Out of Africa. Yeah, this was Oscar winner, I think, that year. I think. Probably, because wow. Meryl Streep is in it, so. Right. I mean. There you go. Big movie, anyway. Number four, The Color Purple. I didn't Ooh. know this came out so far, so long ago. Yeah. That was not a big movie. Well, they were wow. the same year, those two. Yeah. Okay. Good year for movies. Mm-hmm. Number three, we got Rocky Four. Rocky Four. Rocky I don't remember four. Rocky Four, to be honest. I don't remember I, Rocky, to be honest. I didn't see any of the Rocky films until <laughs> I, haven't either. I was in my 30s. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, the first Rocky film is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. It really is. But yeah, the rest are. So now that I'm in my 30s, I have to watch the Rocky movies? Yes. Is that what yes. you're saying? Oh. <laughs> you're not in your 30s, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, we got Rambo. First Blood Part 2. Oh, okay. Wow. wow. So Sylvester Sloan's got two in a row. Wow, that's right. Mm. That is impressive. This was another one. I didn't see any of the Rambo films until I was in my 30s. And the first one, again, is fantastic. Like, it really took me by surprise. It's brilliant. It's really good. The rest are just stupid gun movies. So. Hmm. Yeah. And number one. Well, how? 1985. Do you guys want to guess? 1985. 1985. Oh, 85. So we've got some goofy kids movies. We've got some very serious movies. We've got action movies. I don't think it's going to be another serious one because in the 80s. More money would go to kids or action. Mm-hmm. What's like? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Take one guess. Oh, oh. it's gonna. I'm trying. I'm getting my years modeled up, but it's gonna be something like Karate Kid or Back to the Future or oh. classic eighties, mid eighties. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Haruka? I want to say this is just a wild, wild guess, but I want to say wild, wild guess. Ah, uh? nothing. Sorry. I was adapting. I was What's adapting for it? Will Smith. Oh. <laughs> now I can't remember his name. What's his name? You know, the guy with the whip and the thingy. Harrison Ford. Yeah. What's that film? Oh, an Indiana the, Jones film? Yes, oh, yeah, that one, yeah. Oh, was it not anyway? Oh, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I have no idea. No film. idea. Okay, okay. Al, you're the closest. Mm. We have number one, Back to the Future. Oh, yeah, closest. Wow. I said it. <laughs> you did I know, say but it. You, you said three of them. I said like two. I said wow. like Karate Kid, Back to the Future. Yeah. And one more. Oh, wow. oh one. yes. Okay, maybe you didn't say one more. I don't Great know. film. Great soundtrack. Oh, yeah. And my favorite at number 16, we got The <laughs> Breakfast Club. Oh, Ooh. nice. I love The Breakfast Club. So I good. Do too. My favorite John Hughes movie. I like that emo girl the best. She's the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I love, I love Molly Ringwald as well. So yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much, Christina. Oh, my God. Hope- at number 36, we got Weird Science. <laughs> remember that one? That was yes, good. Yes, I remember that. That was good fun, but that's, <laughs> that's, wow, that's low down considering. Thought that number 42, Porky's Revenge. There were so many good movies <laughs> in the 80s. I'm learning a lot about you here. You just, <laughs> there's so many good, Porky's Revenge is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning Whatever. a lot Okay, about Haruka, you, you take it. Okay. Um, I recognize what horror films were coming out. Yes. So the 1985 horror films were. Hang on, so there was, there was oh, no what? horror films in that top 10, were there? No. 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 Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So a lot on of my sci fi. Hmm. And True. thriller and comedy. 
So on my list of horror films that year, we mm-hmm. have Demons. Demons, uh, yeah, it's an Italian bunch of movies, uh, which uh, we're talking about Dario Argento, who's friends with Romero, who did helped out with the funding of Dawn of the Dead and the soundtrack. Last week, he is a producer on these films. And they had the Goblins as well, I believe, doing a soundtrack for the Demons movies, which the Goblins did a bunch of Dawn of the Dead. So, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then we've got Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. Yay! Mm. Our original retrospective franchise here on weirdgeeks.com. You can listen to all of our Friday the 13th reviews. That <laughs> so one which one's- is not good. Oh. <laughs> that's okay. maybe the worst one because The New Beginning, I think that's part five or four. <sighs> and that's where he's not even in it. There's no Jason in that movie. There's no Jason in... There's no Jason in, in, oh. the, in the new... Okay, we also have Friday Night. Friday Night? Friday. Oh, Fright Night, sorry. Oh, Fright Night. <laughs> but that oh, does Friday. not sound like scary. Like Friday Night sounds dull. <laughs> fun. Friday Night, yeah, classic vampire kids film. Okay. It's good fun. And then we've got Ghoulies, which I'm guessing Ghoulies. is a pun on Goonies. Goonies. Oh, maybe, actually. <laughs> oh, I never even thought of that. Maybe. This was part of the whole sort of Critters, Gremlins style films. Only these guys came out of the toilet. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was not good. Okay. And then we have The Hills Have Eyes Part 2. Ooh. Yeah, we talked a bit last week. Exploitation films, Wes Craven mm-hmm. stuff. I don't think he did mm-hmm. the second one, though, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I never saw the second one. Okay. We also have Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf. These are all, I mean, the first one's kind of interesting, but Howling, the Howling sequels are some of the worst horror sequels ever made. <laughs> ever made. <laughs> Terrible. Oh. How about Life Force? Life Force, I think actually, hang on, let me see if I'm getting this wrong. I think Life Force was actually some of the people who did the original Light of the Living Dead, like some of the people he had separated from. Oh, I could wow. be wrong with that. Might be wrong with that. But, uh, yeah, Life Force is a fucking weird movie. You should watch the trailer to it. It's kind of famous. It's like this alien possession movie that's got a bit of invasion of body snatches, a bit of species in it. But it's kind of famous because there's a girl in it who's meant to be the alien and she basically just walks around completely naked for the entire movie. <laughs> and it's, yeah, completely oh exploitive for no reason. Okay. Hmm. We also have A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. We are getting in. Yeah, we're right. Actually, we've skipped a lot of the slasher already. Like between dawn mm-hmm. and day, well, we've missed out on the big slasher boom from 1980 until 1983. Um, but yeah, the big ones like Freddy are still going. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Reanimator. This is, I don't really like the Reanimator films, but yeah, some people love them. That's quite okay. a good series. We also have The Return of the Living Dead. We're going to talk about Return of the Living Dead in a minute. Mm-hmm. So we'll put a pin in there. Okay, cool. We also have Silver Bullet. This is uh, adapted from a Stephen King book. Oh, is it? Ah, cool. About, about, a, uh, about werewolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. The stuff. Yeah, the stuff. <laughs> the stuff. The stuff the is stuff, like, yeah. have you ever seen this? Or the poster? No. Google the poster for the stuff. It's hilarious. It's, it's the, the stuff is like this alien substance that's attacking people, which if we're being generous, we're going to say it looks like yogurt. If we're not being generous, <laughs> it looks like something else. And it's called the stuff. Oh, oh, God. Oh, oh. It was, it was a bad decision, unless they knew exactly what they were doing, maybe. I don't know. But it's, <laughs> it's a little dodgy. It's a little bit dodgy. Okay, so we're into some schlocky <laughs> 80s stuff. We're into- you could buy cans of the stuff, too. Oh, God, I bet you could. <laughs> 
We've got slucky 80s stuff. We've got a few hot slasher sequels going on. I mean, we're in a very different era of horror here that Romero is trying to stay relevant in uh, mm-hmm. or just not giving a shit about, which is probably more the case with Romero. So what had happened between dawn and day? It had been seven years. I think that's right. So after the success of Dawn, which we said last week was hugely successful, Romero signed a deal with UFDC uh, for a three-picture deal. And their deal was, we want a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. That was such a big hit, we want you to do a sequel. Um, but they gave him three pictures. Said so two, you can do what you want with. And for your third, well, well, for one of them, has to be Dawn. If he was smart, he probably would have done Dawn straight away. But Romero didn't really want to be a zombie director. Like, if you remember, he had tried to do these sort of renaissance films before Night of the Living Dead. And no one gave him the money. And then after Night of the Living Dead, he went and did these other sort of weird romance films. Horror wasn't necessarily where he wanted to be. So he went and did two films first. He did a film called Night Riders, which is all weird medieval stuff. It's... It's, it's you literally can't get it on vhs on dvd or nothing you can't get this movie it did so badly um but on youtube you can see the trailers and it's it's pretty funny a lot of the same cast a lot of the same crew from dawn uh went on to work in that um, and then carry over to this and then he did a film called creep show so with creep show he teamed up with stephen king mm-hmm. um and this is actually a series of sort of short horror films that are sort of it's kind of tales of the crypty basically it sh- sounds familiar. Yeah, they did. They did a few Creepshow films. And he did get to do zombies in that. So he does return to zombies in Creepshow. Mm. And we'll talk a little bit more about it when we get to our wrap-up episode because we'll go into some of the other notable things. Um, it did pretty well. It has a huge cult fan following. I'm not a big fan. I don't really like you call it. Creeps? Oh. Anthology? Thank you. Anthology. Yeah, anthology <laughs> creeps. I don't like anthology creeps. But it didn't do really well enough. Uh, so when he got to doing Day of the Dead, it was really all coming down to this movie. Now, he was seeing a disintegration of trust in institutions of the government at the time, which I feel I feels true of every decade he's been in. But that's mm-hmm. what he quotes as what he wanted to talk about. He wanted to comment on the disintegration of trust in institutions. Mm-hmm. Other people have looked at Day of the Dead and seen a very literal translation of, well, the scientists are George Romero, the artist trying to do the artistic creative endeavor and then the military in this movie are the companies he's trying to make his films with who are trying to make him compromise the whole time Mm. Um, he's never really commented on that but that's how a lot of people read into this film so he wrote the script and his original thing was he wanted to make gone with the wind with zombies (laughs) (laughs) he wanted the most epic a zombie film imagined this huge huge movie and he wrote a script about a city that was surrounded by the dead, but inside the city, humans had managed to sort of take off their own little island of serenity. So there's all this chaos going around it, but they're in, this, in the middle in this kind of beautiful place. There were going to be huge action scenes with boats and swamps, and Tom Savini called it Raiders of the Lost Ark with zombies. And they went for all the planning for this, like they planned out how to do all these huge action sequences. And he was going to shoot it with this company for $7 million which was a huge amount of money at that point to make mm-hmm. a horror movie. But here's the caveat. He could have his $7 million for the script, but it had to be R-rated, and he would not have final cut on the movie. So Romero being Romero said, nah, I'm not doing that, <laughs> and walked away. Instead, he ended up taking just over $3 million to make this movie, and they had to cut a lot of the action. They had to cut the whole city and with the dead surrounding it. And I'm saying that 
because it might turn up in a future movie where he went back to some of these ideas he originally wanted to do in Day. Hmm. So yeah, a lot of the action had to go. And Romero looks back at this very favorably. Like he looks back at it saying removing the budget meant getting rid of the action sequences. And he thinks really it meant made it a better film. He was like, I think we had to do things differently. And it might surprise you. We're not going to get into our feelings yet, obviously. But it might surprise you to know this is Romero's favorite of all of his dead films. Wow. Holds it very, very close to his heart. So, it's also important to know. We talked last week that Romero and his fellow cohorts who made the original Night of the Living Dead had split ways. And that the year before Dawn of the Dead, they brought out a book called Return of the Living Dead. Now, as Haruka just pointed out in her horror films that came out in 1985, one of those films was called The Return of the Living Dead. Mm -hmm. So, this is Johnny Russo, Russell Striner, and Rudy Ricci. You might remember the names from Night of the Living Dead. And they had been left with the Living Dead mantle. They were allowed to do that as they would. They went and got a movie made of this book. Um, it took them eight years to get that done. And it was actually written or adapted from this book and then directed by Dan O'Bannon. Now, Dan O'Bannon is the writer of Alien. Oh. Which had come out, was that, six years prior? So he was hot property at this point. It was a really big get for them. Yeah, and he was directing their novel for the big screen. And the very same year, Romero is going to be launching what was going to be seen as the final part of his trilogy. So there was a huge, huge kind of like friction between the two of them. And Romero, there's like accounts from people on set of Day of the Dead saying Romero is getting kind of depressed with everything he's seeing and people were more excited about Return of the Living Dead. Now, from that list of movies in the top 10 you just did, you just said, Christina, Mm-hmm. Porky's 2 well, sadly wasn't there but a lot of them are goofball comedies yeah a lot of yeah. them are silly fun movies mm-hmm. and that's really where the world was at in the 80s and you can put that down to whatever you want to to do with <coughs> government capitalism to do with coming out of the cold war um, but people mm-hmm. were in the mood to have a good time in the 80s mm-hmm. Romero's Day of the Dead was never intended to be a good time he had done comedy in Dawn he wanted to do nihilism with this it's a bleak bleak movie However, his friends doing Return of the Living Dead were doing about as 80s a movie as you could possibly imagine. This is a film with crazy, crazy practical effects, with goofy ideas. It's literally talk about Night of the Living Dead in it to try and put their feet in the ground of we're the true sequel to Night of the Living Dead. There's tons of like, there's nudity, there's tons of like gore in it. There's lots of comedy and stupid 80s characters. And it, yeah, it is very beloved to this day. And it upset George a lot to see that this is what his friends were doing with it. And it was kind of tarnishing his film. So, yes, that's the kind of state he was in as he was making Day of the Dead. Poor George. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're not here to talk about Return of the Living Dead. I've seen it a bunch of times. I hated it the first time I saw it because it's kind of I just found it too stupid. Now I, I do enjoy it quite a lot. But uh, it definitely doesn't have the integrity that Romero is trying to do with his films. Hmm. So he ended up, he actually got most of his actors from theatres. Um, he went and saw a play and he saw the lead lady from this film was in that play. And he was like, I want to want to get her in this movie and managed to get a bunch of other people from from the theatre as well. The huh. leading lady, she she's the daughter of one of the actors in the first film, isn't she? Is she? Laurie yeah, Carter apparently. as Sarah. I mean, apparently her dad was like one of the, he wasn't an extra, but he was playing a journalist or like a tiny, tiny role. Yes, I think Ah. you might be correct. 
Yes, yes, yes. He was the one who had supported them, wasn't he, in the first In Night of Living Dead because he was a real journalist, I think. Oh, I see. Wow. I didn't know. I think that's what you're talking about. Yes. Now it makes sense. That'd be why he went to the theater to see her, probably, because mm. he was friends. Well, yeah. Laurie Cardell. Cool. She was in mm. cast as Sarah. We've got Terry Alexander as John. Joseph Pilato as Rhodes. Jarleth Conroy as McDermott. Anthony Dilio Jr. as Miguel. Richard Liberty as Logan. Sherman Howard as Bub. Gary Howard Clark as Steele. Bub. Um, so many people, like too many people. <laughs> Greg Nicotero is in here as Johnson. Greg Nicotero is now, I think he works on Walking Dead still, actually. He's oh. one of the greatest effects artists in the world, um, and he studied under Tom Savini. So that's, but yeah, he's acting in this. Yeah, and the way they made this movie is kind of interesting. They found a real governmental cave system. There's all wow. these caves you see in these. These are not sets. This is a real place, and all of the it stuff that's down really there. It looks really cool. Yeah, the boats, the cars, like that that was all just down wow. there. They didn't dress set this stuff. It was all just sitting down there. Apparently there were barrels of cheese as well and like governmental <laughs> files and just wow. weird stuff. It's always fifty five degrees down there. Which Christina, Dang. you're in America. That's Fahrenheit. Is that cold or what? That's cold. Okay. That's how I'd it is be all cold. the time. Yeah. Fifty five degrees all the time, no matter what the weather is up top. Because you're underground. Yeah. Yeah. They really struggled. <laughs> they were down there for about three months making this movie. And wow. so they're shooting when it's daytime and it's dark and they're down there. And then they're coming out and it's dark outside. So they Ooh. didn't see daylight for three months and they were just in this cave system. And it all went a bit crazy. They also got quite a lot of shit in their lungs. So most oh. of the crew and cast got very sick at some point. And there's a little bit of a slight jab in an interview with Laurie Cardell, the lead saying she has asthma now and she'd like to know how many people who worked on that crew have asthma now because oh, wow. she kind of thinks this could have been where it started. Ugh. Was the, um, like the, the rooms and, you know, like the white area, was that underground too? Was that part of it or was that a separate location? I honestly, like uh, from the making of that I've seen in the interviews, everything was down there, other than obviously the external locations at the beginning. Yeah. But everything was literally just on location at this one place. It's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, great location find. Yeah. And they got it at a pretty great rate. Me and Haruka actually, there's a great extra on the recent Blu-ray edition where you can have the original (laughs) informational promotion video for the mines from the time. So like the Mm. ones that the company who owned them did to sort of show off the facilities they have in the mines. And it's so funny. Oh, wow. So 80s. So like, oh, you can save costs by building underground. <laughs> Come to us, see our filing cabinets. <laughs> it's like, I wonder if that's on mine. I'm going to go take a look. You should. It's really funny. Yeah, there were a few. I mean, everyone had a lot of fun on this. Apparently, Laurie Cardell was kind of frustrated because there was a lot of boys. She was the only girl on cast. Yeah. There were some girls in the crew, but not many. There was a lot of boys messing around and having fun. And she always felt like she was missing out a little bit. Oh. But then sometimes they had too much fun. So one of the crew sprayed a fire extinguisher in Tom Tavini's face and didn't realize it was a chemical fire extinguisher <gasps> and not a water one and scratched his eye and he had to go to hospital. So you remember we said he fell and hurt himself at Dawn of Dead and had to be in a little golf cart for a bunch oh of that shoot. Oh my God. In this one, he had to wear an eye patch for most of the <laughs> shoot. And then the crew started wearing eye patches over one eye as well, just in solidarity with him. <laughs> oh, that sucks. But they had <sighs> four months to prep prosthetics for this in Tom Savini's basement, which is a long time. It was a good, decent amount of time. And Tom Savini, to this day, still talks about this film as his masterpiece. 
He sees it as his masterpiece of practical effects for just before CGI started to like creep. The effects were pretty good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They're pretty, they're pretty awesome. We can get to them. Yeah. There's a couple other stuff that we're going to get to, but we'll get there when we get to it. I don't know how I'm going to talk about all these characters, to be honest, because. I don't have nicknames for them. They confuse the fuck out of me. I don't know most of their names. I'm looking at them on IMDb and going, oh, all right. <laughs> like, I had no idea these <laughs> were the names. But we're going to give it a damn go. So, we open in a similar way to Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead, we start on a red wall. Here we're opening in a, in a bare room. We're on a girl, head hung low, sitting in an empty gray room. She looks up and sees a calendar. And... I kind of like this because we realized, mm. and I think this was my only time watching this film. I haven't, seen, sorry, just to clarify, I've seen this film before, but not many times. Neither of you have seen it. No, no, correct? I haven't seen it. Correct. I think this is the only time I've seen this film and realized it's literally Day of the Dead on the calendar. That's how stupid I am. It is the day before Halloween when she looks oh. up. Oh, yeah. interesting. I guess we're stupid too. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a bunch, so... And then we get this really cool, I mean, she's in a dream and she's about to wake up, but we get this cool shot of all these hands just bursting out of the wall. Did this get you guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that Jump. was really cool and I mm. thought that was really creepy. And mm. when we first see her and she starts to move, I like immediately already think that this girl looks like a badass. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. She's got a different so, sort of personality to her. She's mm-hmm. got, she carries herself a little differently. She doesn't look yeah. fragile. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Yeah, it had a nice Kubrick vibe to that first opening show, I thought, which was quite yeah. interesting. It's very stark, very bold, mm. and they're just really cool. Like, those many hands coming through, it's really cool. Even it though she's cool. overacting a little bit when she turns <laughs> around, the hands themselves yeah. are great. And this is one of his only shocks, I think. Like, Romero doesn't do jump scares much, but this is it's a jump scare for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she wakes up and she's in a chopper flying over Florida. Um, and the pilot says they're not getting anyone on the radio. We see there's a couple of white guys. There's a pilot it's guy. Dead there's air. a military guy. Dead. <laughs> dead. Air. Did you get it? Dead. <laughs> and then we get a Jamaican guy. We say Jamaican. It's an actor putting on an accent. Did you get okay, that? Okay, okay. <laughs> I thought so. I thought so, but I wasn't sure, you know, because I don't know many Jamaicans. <laughs> and I just like to say to Haruka, I don't know if it's racist not to understand. And then we realized, yeah, okay, he's putting on an accent. This is not a real. <laughs> Was accent. the other guy his partner? Was he putting on a Irish accent? Irish accent. Apparently, he he really was Irish, Irish. But apparently, oh. everyone else was taking a piss out of him because they thought he was putting on a fake accent. <laughs> apparently, he was actually Irish <laughs> oh, doing good. his own That's accent. Cool. Apparently, was he Irish Irish or American Irish though? That's the thing. Ah, interesting. Because there's lots of Americans who say I'm Irish, but they were born in America. So you're like, mm. Mm. He hmm. apparently, I think it was him. Apparently, because you know he's drinking a lot in the film. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he was drinking a lot on set as well. <laughs> People like he's <laughs> a bit of a nightmare because he was a real sort of method actor. Wow, oh, my kind of film. Yeah. So yeah, we got these two chopper guys. We have got the Jamaican guy and then Irish guy, and then some military boy who we learn is her boyfriend. I guess Miguel. Mm-hmm. Miguel, the boyfriend <laughs> who apparently. Is, is yellow Asian? <laughs> what the fuck is that about? <laughs> right, okay, because I thought like, wait, but I thought yellow is like, sp- <laughs> you say yellow to refer to Asians. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's not the Yellowfully right way to say done, it. Yeah. Not, you should not say that, but you know, 
but he looks Hispanic or like yeah. Puerto Rican or something mm-hmm. like that. He doesn't yeah. look Yeah, he looks Asian, South American. He does not. Yeah. I don't understand what's going on there. But they don't, I mean, you, I mean, the derogatory term for that is brown. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what is, uh, I mean, I don't know if Romero just wrote it and then they cast it and then they never changed it or, if, mm. you know, I'm guessing they don't really have casting directors on these movies. It just seems to Romero, <laughs> Romero brings in friends and anyone he sees on the street. <laughs> that he thinks is I mean, they should have at least painted his face yellow. <laughs> yeah, you know, they did it in the last movie, didn't they? Yeah, for I mean, the they've so done it before, so. Uh, I'm so glad you, Christina, as a, uh, you know, partially Asian person is saying this stuff because I'm not allowed to. So. <laughs> All right, yeah, so we get them. Now, Did uh, what I want to know, when I saw Harika again, we're watching this film together. I saw you take some notes here. At any mm-hmm. point when she wakes up and you see, oh, we're in a chopper and there's a black guy. Like, at any point, do you think for a second that this could be following straight on from Dawn of the Dead, where we left the lead girl with a black guy in a chopper? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't think it was the same characters, obviously, but the chopper was a very clear, you know, thread that kind of, yeah. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I saw that, too. I, I think I, yeah, because... I wrote down, ended in helicopter, starting in helicopter. (laughs) And it did really make me feel like how you said before, how it's kind of like um, a pickup, but just in a different decade. And it did really feel like that for these two, for Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead. Yeah. I mean, the way I think uh, the reality again is that they, the company desperately wanted a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. He wasn't legally allowed to do that. He couldn't take those characters and continue with them. I see this as him throwing them a bone in terms of, all right, well, we're going to start with a sort of shrug towards those characters and where we left Mm -hmm. them off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I like to watch, I mean, uh, particularly this first trilogy of the dead films as like you're changing channels between universes, you know? It's like you're in different realities of the same story, essentially. Mm -hmm. And each each time you change film, you're just skipping to a different reality where the same story is happening just with different, yeah, set dressing kind of thing. And you could, you could. It would be very easy if he wasn't Jamaican and they just gave them the same names. It would be very easy to go, all right, this is a year later or something, you know, mm. uh, with those two characters. Uh, she could easily, she looked like a character who in a year's time could easily have become this character, you know. True. But no, they set down uh, to some very weirdly cheerful music <laughs> and we're in the middle of a city that's all tropical because we're in Florida. There's like alligators, like in the you know openings of doors but it looks empty to begin with but it's decay and rotten cars and just palm trees everywhere so they had a day they had what they had two days they had a day to set all of this up wow and then a day to shoot it essentially and every time i watch this movie i remember again the first time i watched these films i've told this story many times but i was 17 i hadn't watched horror films beforehand i suddenly got into horror films when i was living on my own and i'd go down the street to a vhs store buy an entire series of horror films from the 80s or 70s and then just sit and watch them in one night and i watched these three in one night one after the other and the beginning of this movie i love it like every time i watch this i'm like i am so into this movie at the beginning of this movie like i really am i love the dream sequence i love Mm -hmm. the helicopter pickup and i really love this city and the openness and the epicness of it like straight off the bat is it working for you guys yeah i liked it i thought everything looked pretty great yeah it was a good opening. Yeah. The yeah, only yeah. things I was like, mm, I don't know 
about these characters, so they kind of seem a little goofy. Okay. Even her, you thinking? That's the only thing. Hmm. I think maybe, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a li- not her really goofy, but, but I guess I just came mm-hmm. from loving the other characters so much from Dawn mm-hmm. of the Dead, so I was just kind of like, mm-hmm. There's no Peter. <laughs> there's there's no peter no, spoiler <laughs> yeah but i like the fact that they kind of set it in the world where the apocalypse already happened as opposed to like currently unfolding because the previous ones are, like the opening bits were like in the middle of a panic whereas this mm-hmm. one was more you know okay it already happened people know what's going on oh yeah yeah you're in a walking dead world. Like, I mean, I, I yeah. see the ratio is Night Living Dead is one ratio with humans are obviously way more than the zombies. They've said Dawn of the Dead is meant to be 50 50. This is definitely, it's swung the other way. Like, this mm-hmm. is definitely like the invert of Night Living Dead. Of There's mostly zombies and a few people left. I think uh, Frankenstein said that it was one person to 400,000 400, zombies. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, See, that's that's yeah, that's a lot. Not doing great. Yeah. And as they say, I think from this trip with the helicopter, they're going out trying to find people, and they said they've been a hundred miles in both directions, mm-hmm. which is a lot to do in one day in a helicopter. But okay, <laughs> and and yeah, they can't find anybody on the radio at all. So you do get an immediate thing of okay, they're really they're on their own this time. And it's and I, what I love about this beginning is like Night Living Dead, they're on their own, but they're in a little house. Here it's like you're in a huge city and you are on your own, and that is a really cool feeling. I think it's like it doesn't matter how far you run there's nowhere to find people anymore uh-huh. but there are a lot of zombies so we get this her boyfriend who pretty soon gets all scared and does it does a barbara for most of this movie <laughs> he's doing now a very <laughs> he iconic is the barbara in this <laughs> one for sure <laughs> <laughs> he does a very iconic hello is anyone there which UK people, maybe American people, might know it's the last song on the first Gorillaz album. Uh, they sample like a minute, two minutes of this, of him just shouting mm-hmm. hellos, anyone there. Oh, no. The beginning of one of their, their, huh. their coolest songs, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, 28 Days Later also quotes it directly from this film, because that's that the true. first line of that film. That's mm. true. Yep. Yeah, I mean, again, like, love these movies or hate them. It's all here, isn't it? And each of these movies, Romero is creating different standards that we now just expect from zombie films mm-hmm. or series. Yeah, I love the fucking the crabs on the skeleton that's in one of the doorways. <laughs> it's really cool. Like you'd normally expect there to be spiders or something, but just these weird crabs crawling over it and newspaper saying the dead walk. And then we're introduced to our first zombie as they're out there in the city calling just to see if there's anybody alive. And we hear shuffling feet and we get a first zombie introduced from the feet upwards. And it's got no jaw, just his tongue like hanging out. And then the title just comes up like on screen. And I love this. I think it's so cool. I really do. Like it's such a cool looking effect and just a great bold place to have your title come up. And already the zombies are looking so much better. Mm, so much better. Some yep. are still a little green, but whatever. <laughs> it's looking great. It's the best you- zombies they've had so far. Are you colorblind, Christina? Is that what we're... Maybe. <laughs> so definitely blue zombies. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. They're looking better. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, this is, like, definitely some of Tom Savini's best work. They look like how we expect zombies to look now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really impressive because it's no digital stuff here. 
Uh, and so many zombies again like they're opening with such an impressive thing there's so many zombies walking down these streets that suddenly start coming out of all the nooks and crannies and out of the shops and then the guys all like start running and they're scared but our lead the female just stands there just kind of looking at them very purposefully trying to let us know women are going to be strong in this movie (laughs) (laughs) the guys are crazy and stupid and the female is strong (laughs) Which we get very much reinforced with the next scene when they fly back to their underground military base, which is in this cave system. And the girl's just giving all the orders and then her boyfriend turns to her and say, everyone is collapsing except you. I know you're strong. Stronger than me. So fucking what? <laughs> like, all right. Oh, Miguel. So dramatic. <laughs> we get it, Jeez. But did you notice that when they landed at their base camp or whatever? On the top, on the ground floor, some guy, I think one of the guys, he was like trimming weed. Yeah. One of the military but, guys is trimming up on weed. Yeah, but it's like, why the fuck aren't they smoking it down there? Well, why, if they're growing weed up there, why aren't there loads of crops? I didn't see any crops and stuff up there. It's like, why would you just be growing weed at the end of the world and not be growing plants and food? And like- <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. It's just never like reintroduced or there's no like purpose yeah. for it. Yeah, <laughs> because they have all that land up there. They've like so it's circled off this entire like area with a fence, and you got all these zombies pushing out the fence, which again, big trope nowadays. That's what you see in mm-hmm. zombie films. Yeah, they're not using it. The only bit they're using is that patch for weed. I mean, I'm not. Did I miss anything? They got a helicopter no, I mean, launch that's pad. That's all I saw. Some weed. <laughs> it's like surely you cultivate that area as a and farm. They definitely need to be smoking down there because they're all kind of like stressed out. <laughs> they need yeah. to chill out. You need more of these military boys to get paranoid. That's what they really need. <laughs> oh boy! So there are twelve people left. Is what we learned. Their their previous leader. Uh, not he wasn't a general. What was he? He's a. I get muddled with ranks in the military. I don't know. Yeah, their previous person who was running the military showdown there just died while they were out in the helicopter run. They see his grave. And this is where we learn that that guy's a, a true Jamaican. I can't stand half of what he's saying. I'm afraid it's it's <laughs> it's really confusing. His accent's very thick, and he's immediately just saying we should just get in a chopper, head off, find an island, much like the last <laughs> film, and chill out. Just relax. Maybe take some he's of that weed with him. Smoking the weed, baby. He's definitely smoking that weed. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm still with this movie, even though I don't like. I don't like military. Uh, in movies, really, particularly in horror movies, they're in almost every movie that he's done. Mm. Right? It's either well, yeah. the military or cops. I can deal with cops or something just more, but it's when you have like a big band of military people, it right. just gets like, all right, I know what you're gonna do. People are gonna get shouty. People are gonna try and rape someone. People are gonna get shoot each other because they're testosterone fueled, and it's just, and it's also just everyone looks the same. You know, yeah. they're all but it's kind of like a the running uniform. theme in his. Mm. It's like what he does. Exactly. And there, there's always like, I mean, either all of them or some of them are, yeah, racist, misogynistic, yes. assholes. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> Is this Romero constantly commentating on the same things, or does do you think he's got a secret side of his personality that? He no, care? no. I think he's uh, no, no. I don't. I don't think so. I think yeah, he's I think he commenting hates. on reality. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. Th- I think Romero. I love him. I really do. We we're just watching an interview with him before we did this cast, and he's such a lovely, such a lovely guy. But mm. I don't actually think he's got that much to say. I think he does tend to just say the same thing like, uh-huh. with each film. 
I mean, I guess it's quite an easy plot kind of device, saying the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's always little guy, good, government people, bad. <laughs> and that's basically it. Yep. Um, but yeah, so they can't find anybody anywhere. So we go to, we get introduced to their cave system, which is huge. And this place is so big. They were there for months filming. They never saw the other end of it. They wow. never did the whole thing. And easily like people like hanging out, having fun, driving around in golf carts, you know, no one ever went all the way. Um, it was tremendously large. But they have a pen down there where we learn later they've been basically hoarding zombies. They get them down in there so that this doctor that they call Frankenstein, but it's actually called Dr. Logan. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He is doing tests on the zombies. And we learn later, much later, and I could have used this information right up here, but we learn much later that that is the reason for this facility is they've been sent there for the scientists to do their tests to try and find a cure or a solution. And the military are meant to be there to protect them. That's the point of this. But by the time we get down there, there's what, three, four scientists left? Say that? Three scientists? Three. Three. There's like three scientists, there's two chopper people, and then I don't know, maybe six military or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like seven, not many. Mm. Yeah, so like they, we, we're seeing them down next to the pen. We've got an obnoxious guy who just starts screaming and starts luring out the zombies that they have stored Aww, in there. Steel uh. and Rickles. Oh. <laughs> I'm impressed. You know the names. I didn't get these names at all. <laughs> Ah, he repeated his name all the time. Steel. Yeah. And yeah. Rickles. Yeah. <laughs> Twiddle Rickles. D and Twiddle Dumb. Rickles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, these dickheads. Like, immediately, mm. this is a turn for me. I'm just like, oh, really? I can't. Yeah, I can't stand the annoying yelling. Oh, man. Just it's ugly, so... ugly characters. Yeah. yeah. So you obnoxious. Ugh. Yeah. And bad acting, bad mm -hmm. acting, that's the thing, it's like, this is not good acting. You said last week, we were kind of impressed, it's all going up. These guys, yeah, I don't know. I think she does pretty well, but, but these military people are just so rote. Yeah, she does okay. Uh, the military people, I mean, Steel and Nichols, I don't know. And then Miguel, even, I don't know. Mm. Mm. Well, Miguel doesn't have to do that much, does he? But yeah, we're going to get to the, the big problem with the movie in a minute. <laughs> But yeah, so they also start talking about the Dr. Frankenstein, and that's how everyone calls him, which really is not a good sign. That basically means you're a crazy person straight off the bat. So maybe don't have him running the scientific operations <laughs> if everyone thinks he's Frankenstein. Uh, but the men won't let her help out, uh, which she says she's done before, and they're trying to poll the zombies. So the way to do it is they, got, like, they have a little pen that they then take the zombies from, put them into this little thing, and then they put a thing around their neck to sort of corral them out, herd them off. Mm. doesn't look the safest way, to be honest. It's just to stick with a <laughs> no. bit of rope. <laughs> but yeah, Miguel is just still doing a barber and is ineffective, but because he's a boy, they think he can do it better than she can. Uh, but of course, he panics and drops the pole, and <laughs> then it's up to her and this other guy to capture the zombie again. So yeah, like they're all getting angry with each other about it, and then a zombie gets near him, and she, she picks up a gun and sets him free, and like, I don't know, it's all... Just showing that there's friction going on and everyone's upset mm -hmm. with everybody. And yeah. This is my <laughs> problem with this movie. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to show my hand too early. I love the opening of this movie. And there is a bit later on, which I really, really like. The rest of this movie, I find very, very drab. And it's immediate here. Like, this turn is immediate. Of like, of like, I remember the first time watching it and going, oh, I hope we get out of this cave system pretty quick. <laughs> 
Nope. Ooh. This is the movie. He's <laughs> down in this cave system. So we're in a lab where there are two zombies chained to the wall, clearly scared, which is a new look for zombies mm-hmm. in these films. Is this oh, yeah, because she too- said, oh, they're learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I have to- do we see this even in zombie films to this day? Do people still do this really with zombies? Have them like... No. It's the first time I've ever seen it where they actually like have like reactions yeah. to yeah. things. Yeah. It's an interesting idea that he was trying to do there and really yeah. fucking with his own legacy, I guess, quite a lot. Mm. So Sarah, Sarah tries to give... I've just written down scared guy <laughs> at this, this point because I didn't realize it was a boyfriend. Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> an injection of uh, sedative injection he just slaps her in the face and then he hugs her so she stabs him with the- <laughs> and then he calls her a bitch yeah, yeah. well to it was fair, so apparently weird the, apparently the actress told him to like slap her for the sake oh, of really? acting sake of acting so, that's theater yeah. actors for you yeah, yeah. so go for yeah because when i first saw it i was like jesus fucking christ but then <laughs> yeah but she stabs him, so it's fair. Yeah, it's it is fair. Reprocosity? Yeah. Maybe that's their thing. <laughs> Slapping and stabbing. Yeah. Hey, look, she's the only girl potentially left in the world. Yeah, so. and they've been this, underground for some time, so, you know. This is my immediate thing with this movie, is I don't care how strong a female she is. She is in a bunker with military men chopper guys who apparently just want to go and make babies on an island somewhere that we'll get to later a boyfriend who's clearly a dick <laughs> she's screwed like she is not oh, getting yeah, out of that place alive mm-hmm. it would be a terrifying place to be the only lady yeah particularly because we're now introduced to the new major who has taken over operations since the one died since they left who is bickering with the scientist and she comes in I've written down here what the fuck is her name are we told her name before this point? I don't know. Romero's not worried about names. Sarah, Sarah. It is Sarah, but I don't think yeah. they mentioned Sarah before this I, point. No, it took a while for me to get it. So here we are establishing there's a clear divide between the military boys and the desperate scientists who are you know, just trying to do stuff. And the major says maybe they should put her boyfriend in the lock so that the other guys could get a chance at some loving. Oh, man. <laughs> He's so horrible. He is the oh. worst. Really oh, hate him. Oh, this guy. Oh, man. <laughs> this guy, Joseph Colato. Uh, if you want to get an idea at home without having to sit through this film, just go on IMDb and type in Joseph Pilato and look at the picture he chooses to be his IMDb picture. Oh, my God. I got to look now. <laughs> Pilato admits that his flair for performing was discovered quite by accident when he became an altar boy. Oh, gosh. What? This uh. guy, again, another theater actor. Apparently he was oh doing God, pretty wait, well on stage. Oh my God, wait, what is it? Giorgio? Joseph Pilato. Just look oh, up there Joseph? the dead and then, then link through. So he was in the other film, was he? In, no, no, no. He was not in Dawn. He wasn't? No. He wasn't in the previous film? No, no. I read Dawn. somewhere that people speculate that he, he had a role in the previous film as a as a cop or something. Oh, my bad. Yes, yes, and yes. And then he's an, people he's an are saying maybe it's the same character, but years right. later. Yeah, he did have a tiny, tiny, tiny role in Day of the Dead. Very small. Yeah, no, it's just Romero's friends, isn't it? I mean, that's <laughs> I let's be real. <laughs> he's not I thinking about it. any of this stuff. No. So here's the thing with this. Here's the thing with this. He asked George 
not to let him so he was doing some very over the top acting and they could tell when they were shooting it that he was being very over the top and he went to george and said don't let me go over the top you gotta <laughs> rein me in george because george wasn't sure how far do we push this character it's like how far how yeah. off the rails and it's great when you watch george in interviews because he's just so relaxed with it he's like i don't know man I don't know. Like we're just watching him, and I was like, I don't know how far to push his character. And he came to me and was like, saying, "Don't let me push you over the top." But he looked fucking great. It was just so funny. I was just enjoying watching him perform. So he just let him do it again and again, and he just got bigger and bigger. And there's a documentary on the Blu-ray about this film, and it is worth watching just to see this actor now. Oh my god, <laughs> the way he talks, what he's dressed in. This guy's. I'm sorry. He's a nightmare. <laughs> he is a nightmare. <laughs> and absolutely, like, the worst thing about this film for me. Like, I, almost impossible for me. Like, as soon as he comes on screen, I struggle to look at the screen. I just mm-hmm. want to turn it off every time he's on, on in the scene. I can see you both looking more sympathetic because you're actors. So you're going to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Come know. On, he's you know- terrible. Steel and Rickles really got me. Seriously, in the more than, the, more than but, this guy? No. And then I kind of like, you know, I didn't hate Steels and Rickles that much later on because they didn't yell as much as they did in the beginning. <laughs> but um, yeah, this guy was, I really didn't like him either. Uh, and this guy builds, like, I feel like they must have shot this in chronological order because he builds and builds and builds. Like, he just gets mm-hmm. worse with every scene. It's just- but it's also like in that atmosphere with everybody else, like, how do you even know if you're doing good or going over the top? Mm. Like, how can you even tell anymore at this <laughs> but that's point? The- but that's what I'm saying. You know, He's terrible, it's like so but confusing. it's the director's job. Like, yeah. it's George Romero's job to know well- <laughs> this is bad. Yes. He directed the crazies too and <laughs> the crazies was great, you know. guys. <laughs> this is where we're going on with these. It's like no and stop it, Luca. Stop it. <laughs> but this is the thing, it's like, is Romero a good writer? Is he a good director? Is he a good actor director? A visual director? It's I don't know. <laughs> like I'm not seeing evidence in this film of any of that. The thing that I've enjoyed most so far is his opening. And I'm going to tell you now, from the making of, the second unit director claims he shot all of that opening. Oh. Everything in that opening bit outside was him and was not Romero. Now, admittedly, it's still not brilliantly shot. I think it's just the change of environment that yeah. I enjoy. I enjoyed the opening and the end the most. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's the bookends to this movie. Everything in the middle can just die, to be honest. It's- yeah. Anyway. We hear about Frankenstein some more, so she says, heads off to see him. And we, this is where we got our first introduction of Bob. And my recollection of this film is that Bob is in a lot of it, but he's actually not around for most of the movie. He turns up much later. Mm. But you see him briefly here in the background because she sees him and then he kind of backs off her. So the, the scientist is all, Frankenstein or Dr. Logan is all excited because they don't need internal organs, the zombies, or blood floats. They just need the brain to work. Um, and we have this really fucking cool effect of this body he's got when the entire face has been removed and just mm-hmm. the spinal cord and the brain are left, but the rest of the body's there. And yeah. the arms That are was moving. the old, like, lieutenant or something. The one that yeah, just died. Yeah, that's what we find out. That's the twist, is that it is 
the one the major or whatever it was captain as his shirt is like nicely placed right yes (laughs) perfectly on that podium or whatever and he's like oh they'll never find out he's just (laughs) leaving his shirt (laughs) oh man but the effects and there were some really cool things in that room to look Mm, at amazing these are awesome really yeah that was pretty awesome and even seeing in the making of how they did some of these, I still don't really understand it. Like where the actor's head really is, is like it had to be submerged underneath the table. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's such an angle like that they, Tom Savini was saying, yeah, we probably wouldn't be allowed to do it nowadays. <laughs> but God bless that actor. <laughs> oh. He just, just went for it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, you know, you couldn't drink or anything for four hours down there. It was just horrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, it looked great. Great. And speaking of bringing back access from his previous films, did you guys recognize Dr. Frankenstein? No. No. No? Well, you should have Haruka because he was in The Crazies. Was he? Yes. Playing what? He was. As Artie. Who's Artie? I'll be honest, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is that he was definitely in The Crazies, but I blocked so much uh-huh. of that. It was two weeks ago and I blocked it out already. <laughs> oh my gosh, was who was it? Christina would be happy to know he's an uncredited police. No, he's a commissioner coach in Porky's 2. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> was he the guy in the back of the truck that what, was crazy? Mm. No, the one that was the oh. one guy alone that was crazy? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <gasps> no, you that. know who he was? He was, was, it, was he the doctor? Maybe. The local I doctor? Mean, not sexy beard doctor, obviously. No, the local one, the old one. Ah, uh, maybe. That tells the nurse to go. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Hang huh. on. Interesting. Right now. Oh, but there was this line that was said earlier um, before Sarah goes to Frankenstein's office. It was Dr. Ted, you know, the other scientist. Mm-hmm. He goes, but it's madness. <laughs> no, hey, wait. Fucking Do you remember? hell, I think. What? Sorry, sorry, I'm looking at photos of him. I think he's the father of the daughter. Oh, he was the father? Fuck. Oh, the rapist. The, the molester. <laughs> the incest rapist. Yeah. I think that's who he was. I think. Yeah. Well, I guess this is like 20 years later. 60, 70, 80, yeah. Not it's no. Eight years later? It'd be about 10 years later, wouldn't it? Because Dawn was... 79, Oh, no, it? 10 years later. Yeah, I was thinking about the yeah. first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, no. Anyway, oh. more returning Once people. Once a freak, always a freak. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely, uh, yeah, overacting a little bit as well. <laughs> no one read him in. Yeah, so he claims the zombies can be domesticated and conditioned. Mm-hmm. But Sarah's frustrated that he's wasting time trying to define what's happening instead of looking for what's making it happen. Um, because she still wants to stop it. Uh, but he claims the zombies can be controlled and conditioned even without surgery. And then, yeah, that's when she realizes that the body in front is indeed their previous major, um, who I think they got along with better than the mm-hmm. new major. Well, they said he was an asshole, but in comparison to the new guy, he was like an right. angel. Right. Yeah, and then one of the zombies sits up and all of its guts just drop out. That was pretty its, cool. Oh, that was nasty. Mm. So, then, so he just goes over and just buzz it. He just like uses a little saw thing, like a drill, and just puts it in its head. Yeah, you I thought he it. needs these guys. I know. I think it's like we're definitely seeing that he's saying all this stuff, but he's more interested in the. I don't know. Other than Bub, he's not really attached to any of these zombies. No. He's, just, he's no. happy to kill them. So, Irish guy drinks a lot. 
That's what we're establishing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all of the shopping malls are closed. They'll throw away mine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And the captain's trying to have like a the captain. I just don't know. The major, whatever. Let's call him the major. The asshole. Yeah. yeah. The dickhead. He's trying to have a meeting to tell everybody what's what. And then she's thinking it's a waste of time. So she's getting up to leave because everyone, all the military boys are just clowning around. So he just stands up. And this is where he really begins with his his acting skills. (laughs) He's like, sit down or so help me God. I'll have you shut. Lady. (laughs) Oh, his name's Rhodes. 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 I'm not calling him Rhodes. It's too cool. That's a very lovely type of piano. Not (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At this point, I wrote down subtle acting the same. That was my mm. note. It's, I mean, we would, to be fair, to be fair, it got a lot of laughs from us. Erica, <laughs> like we were having a bit of a ball of a time watching yes. this guy because he's True. so bad. Oh my God. This is also when he calls, I don't know, he talks about Miguel and how his dick is yellow. Oh, does he? <laughs> yeah. I missed that. Really? I missed that too. <laughs> That's terrible. Something about what? his yellow dick and how she like, oh. I don't know. You know, yeah. All colorblind. That's the Uh, first time. Oh, no, I think they said yellow before, but I really got it there. I was like, yeah, they're really talking about Miguel and calling him yellow. The misguided racism, I think. It doesn't even work. Uh, If you're going to be racist, at least be racist towards the right. You know, at least do it right. Right? Yeah. At least get it right. Be racist right. Yeah, so he's telling Steele, uh, one of his military boys, to shoot the woman, uh, but he thinks he's joking, and then he shows that he's not joking, so he pulls a gun on his own man to, to do it, and he goes to shoot her, and they all realize he's being serious, so she sits back down, and yeah, it's just, it goes on for so long. Oh, I know. <laughs> Come on. I mean, this movie's a lot just shoot her already. Of the dead, <laughs> but yeah, just, then we can just finish the film. <laughs> oh. So his yeah, and his his job is meant to be down there to assist and protect them, but he's turning it into a military operation. Mm-hmm. It is martial law down there, and then Frankenstein comes in and sort of saves the day by giving him sass. He's not scared of this guy at all, and he alludes to being able to make the zombies behave. Uh, but then Sarah kind of contradicts him, so he says, "Well, she's looking to reverse the situation, but he's looking to adapt to it." Essentially, just I mean, my problem with this and my memory of most of this movie is. Long, dull scenes of people <laughs> bickering with terrible over-the-top acting in very, very grey locations. Like, I it's know, just so it gray. was like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> the major did offensive. say, the major did say, this isn't a field trip, this is a fucking war. Yeah. Which is, you know. Well, that's how he's making it, yeah. It could yeah. be a field trip. They could all be smoking the weed, chilling out. I know. Science. They have this whole bunker to themselves. <laughs> Dancing with zombies. Nope. <laughs> nope. So the captain does reluctantly give them a little bit more time, but then he also stipulates, I won't tell you how much. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> uh, and he said, if anyone fucks with his command, they get executed. So then Sarah has a little dream of Miguel with his guts falling Miguel. out. Miguel? <laughs> Miguel, Miguel, I said Miguel. How do you say it? No, Miguel. But I thought you Miguel. said Miguel. No, oh, sure, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, she has a dream of him with his guts falling out, and then wakes up, and then he—he's just been a dick. So she chucks him out. Yeah. 
when you've got the only girl potentially left in the world, try and treat her well, guys. Mm. <laughs> I know. Top, top tip. I know. It's not like she's being annoying or anything. No, she he has a badass nice. girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, and the only, yeah, you're right, the only girl. <laughs> he's just gone mental. He's, you know, yeah. Like you he said, has, he's he gone, has. what's her name on us? Barbara. Barbara. Mm. He's yeah. been Barbara. You Barbara. You can't go back. So, the chopper guy, like, she goes through and there's some fighting military boys. So then the, the Irish chopper guy comes through to. He's take not it to a where... chopper guy. Well, he is. Those who fly no, the helicopter. Oh, he's a radio yeah. guy. Oh, John sure. is the chopper guy. But he does the radio in the chopper. So, you know. Okay. He's a, he's a type of chopper guy. He's not a flight. He's not a pilot. He, no. He's not a flyboy as they used to sure, be. He's not a flyboy. Yeah. <laughs> so many times. <laughs> yeah. So he takes her to where they both live, where the Jamaican guy, who is the pilot, and her, him live. Which I, apparently no one's ever been to before. <laughs> I know. And I love the Ritz. <laughs> that's what it's called the ritz the i ritz. love it i'm like finally giving me something fun yeah there's some character here there's some yeah. set design and they yep. got a big image of a tropical island behind him mm-hmm. because you know he's jamaican so he's got to keep talking about islands <laughs> <laughs> i wonder that's why they yeah that's why they had to make him jamaican. definitely yeah definitely yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where I can take the cave system with a little bit of character here, and there's some character with these guys. Mm-hmm. Some of the military shit and the laboratory shit that I can't do. This is when I started to like them. Yes. We're just a long ways into the movie to start to like characters. I know, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, he calls where they are a 14-mile tombstone, and he's pulled out this book of all the things that are stored in the cave system, which I'm... So I'm, bored by, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I think it might be real. I think it might just be a book they found down there because the stuff they're listing is very similar to the stuff that was yeah. actually stolen. <laughs> oh, I think so too. <laughs> but he's trying to make a point here, which again, it's Romero trying to make a point, and I like it. I like his points, but it's not the mm-hmm. best way to do it. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to say none of this matters anymore. Look at all these things that we logged. Look at all these things that we kind of spent so much hours organizing and put on record and all these films. He said, like, all the films are down there. No one's watching the movies. What's up, guys? <laughs> put on a movie. He said, like, every film is down there stored in print. What? Yeah. He said, like, all the films are down here and stuff. But oh, no one's yeah. Watching How dumb. Because they're boring. But at this point, it's like, none of it matters anymore. Like, we did all that effort and it doesn't matter. And he literally tells her she's wasting her time. Yeah. So she doesn't argue back. And she says, well, what? there's nothing else to do. What am I meant to do? <laughs> and he says, let's just Have go to babies? Ireland and make some babies. <laughs> oh, and start over? <laughs> Which she seems, she seems inclined to maybe agree with for a second. You can see her just sort of going, yeah, all right. I'll stop being a powerful <laughs> scientist lady who's, you know, trying to save the world. And we can just run away to an island and, you know, have some sex, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, weird. It was weird. It was weird <laughs> so for sure. Weird. <laughs> but then he offers a religious reason for it's all happening to do with God. So in the first film, we've got maybe space. The second one, we've just got, I mean, it's sort of religious, but more a bit to do with voodoo and the doors of hell just filling mm-hmm. up. And here we have a very religious thing of God has actually sent this to them uh, to basically sort of smite them and test them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, Haruka, you noticed this here. You point out to me, there's a little music cue Yes. You know, I I didn't notice the music or the soundtrack at all in this one. Like 
didn't even notice. It was pretty generic. I thought the music. Maybe in that's this one why overall. Yeah. I like some of it. Like I like the stuff at the beginning. They have a very. It's an extension of Dawn of the Dead, but they have this sort of, dunk, 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 just like very eighties John Carpentery, just sort of mm-hmm. yeah. percussion almost in the music. It's actually the opening to this podcast. Some of the Dawn of the Day of the Dead music, and I kind of like that bit. But yeah, here we're getting a bit of Dawn of the Dead music in, which was a nice little flourish I'd never noticed before, and I don't know if I would have if Peruka had put it out. So thank you. <laughs> I love that tune so much. <laughs> I know. You've now changed your ringtone for when I ring you. Yes, to, to that one. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks. You're welcome. Welcome. <laughs> I'm just going to change the ringtone when you ring me to this major just shouting something obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> lady. Let's make a lady compilation. So this is where we're finally actually properly introduced to Bob. So, Dr. Frankenstein is going to his favorite test subject, Bub, who is not reacting when he goes near him. He's all chilled out. He's giving Bub a toothbrush, a shaver, and a book. So, Sarah and the other scientists are turning up at this point, halfway through the experiment. And he explains to them, he's seen all of these things before. He's seen the toothbrush, he's seen the shaver, he's never seen the book before. So, Bub picks up the toothbrush, throws it away, picks up the shaver, and starts shaving himself very crudely and you get like ribbons of flesh going on mm-hmm. and he eats it yeah and then he tries to <laughs> <laughs> why not oh it's horrible and then he picks up the shaver and notices himself in the sort of two-way glass mirror and begins sorry sorry that's the bit where he shaves his head so then he picks up the book and interacts with it sort of i don't know he looked like he, was he just opens it, it. Mm-hmm. sure <laughs> sure Sort of falls open and then they get all excited <laughs> that this means he remembers. Then the military show up and they get real pissed because they're like, is this really the thing that you, that you are hop, like, you know, hinging our, uh, all of our hopes onto? So the, Dr. Frankenstein gives Bub a phone, which he picks up and holds it to his ear. And he t- keeps saying to him, say hello, Aunt Alicia. <laughs> so then Bub tries to say hello aunt alicia he kind of says he sees, it he does does a good yeah. job and then he sees the major and salutes him yep so what i want to know is is all of this stupid or is it working zombies shaving zombies saluting zombies picking up phones are you buying it as a concept, as a concept, I thought, you know, it's an interesting angle on the whole zombie genre, you know, like trying to understand if the zombies still have like humanity left, blah, blah. But the way they shot it. Right. I thought, but whatever. Right, right, right. <laughs> you think the acting or the actual shooting? Like- uh, acting mainly, I guess. Okay. But as an idea, I like it, but the execution wasn't great. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to like, I was like, you know, trying to grab onto it. I, I, it's like something I've never really seen before with the zombies. I've never really seen anybody try to, yeah, like Haruka said, see if there's still humanity there. And so I thought it was at least something. I think that's the problem, isn't it? In, and in like, film- eventually I do like Bub, so I guess it kind of yeah. worked. Mm. No, Bub becomes really the hero of the film in yeah. a weird way. Yep. And he's definitely, like, he is a fan favorite. People either love or hate him, but he has a big following. And there are many movies. There are movies that literally just try to be the Bub movie. Like, there are movies where they've had literal Bub <laughs> films. I've watched that. That we'll talk about in the wrap-up. 
But uh, the problem is, I think in a movie this dull, you grab onto anything, such as yeah, yeah the set so. design at the Ritz, <laughs> or yeah, yeah <laughs> or Bub. Bub. Like he yeah. is something. He has some character. There's yeah, something going he on does. Here that gives color to the film, which you just appreciate. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then they give him an unloaded gun, which he quit it pretty quickly, like pulls back and sets, and then aims it at the at the captain major dude, and then pulls the trigger. Major douche, yeah. Major douche. <laughs> Sounds about right. And then the Frankenstein guy keeps saying, civility must be rewarded. It must be rewarded. And he keeps saying this over and over again, so we know, all right, there's going to be some twist with the, how is he rewarding them? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> all right, Romero. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're wrangling up more zombies, and one gets loose and kills one of the soldiers. And the lady turns up just in time. Sarah turns up and shoots the zombie. And then her ex-boyfriend just goes crazy. And the guy, was it? Guy with a, well, so, yeah. So I wrote down a guy with a mask on bites his arm. And I was like, what does that mean? I was like, <laughs> it was a zombie that just had a mask on. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of great effects makeup here. This was just a guy with a mask on. You could see like the ring around his eyeballs where like the mask was separating and it was pink around <laughs> his eyes. I didn't notice. <laughs> Sometimes the problem with watching these films in Blu-ray is you see stuff maybe you weren't meant to. <laughs> this is also where I wrote down, me and Haruka kept noticing, there's a reoccurring bat. Did you see this, Christina? They keep no, but I heard ac- the bats. <laughs> <laughs> it was like three times. It just like flies across the screen in one particular direction. And we're like, how, how are they doing that? And <laughs> then when it does it again, it's exactly the same. So they must have just had like a piece of string that they kind of like just <laughs> pulled it across or something. Oh, <laughs> I guess. Very funny. Meanwhile, Sarah just, mach- well, they dragged the boyfriend all the way to the fucking Ritz. Yeah. Which is quite a way to go. Far. Yeah. So then she can grab one of their machetes and just cut her, her boyfriend's arm off and then, yeah, burn it. I mean, it's just cool effects. Like, I love this stuff. It looks great. Yeah. It's fast acting, too. And also, I have thought about that. Like, why hasn't anybody ever tried that before? You know? Why hasn't so, Frankenstein tried that? Yeah. Try infecting mm. it and then, yeah, just take it off. And, and would yeah. it really work? I mean, they've, they've moved him a long way. I feel it would have progressed. It would have spread. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that means that they are treating this like it's a virus, right? It's not yeah. a biblical thing. It's not mm-hmm. space dust. It means that this is a virus. Mm-hmm. But does well, it mean, work? Like, with it, they, they it doesn't really show. The Bible as well, but yeah. Apparently, when they shot it, the first time they shot it didn't work. The arm amputation thing because they made the arm out of um, rubber. The oh. machete just like bounced off. Just bounced off. <laughs> so apparently, the makeup artist had to like make another arm with uh, wax. And apparently, oh, that cool. worked really well. Yeah, that was, that's cool. why it looks so chunky. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's unclear to me from this point on when if if it does work. If he's turning into a zombie or not, I can't tell. Because he just seems so depressed mm. and Barbara anyway. It's like when you take Barbara and you combine her with the character of Roger from Dawn of the Dead, which is really what he is now. It's like another b- dickhead boyfriend who's been bitten and then you're just waiting to turn into a zombie for the mm-hmm. rest of the film. But when you take those two characters and put them together, it's like I can't tell because he's so catatonic anyway. Yeah. Like, is, and he sacrifices himself before he, you know... He, yeah, he's given he a chance to, to actually ending. turn into. 
Oops, yeah, sorry. Well, we'll, spoiler. We'll get no, no, no. But that's like some. Well, we'll get there. There's something. Well, it's not a spoiler because everybody listening to this has watched this movie, right? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope some people save themselves the time. Yeah. So they like the, all the military boys turn up and they're like they just want to kill him, but then the the helicopter guys like stand in for her and and yeah come to her defense. So so the major. I mean, the major keeps doing okay things. Like he says, all right, you can keep him alive, but you got to keep him alive out here, basically. Which I don't believe yeah. this. I think this character would just shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Mm, yeah. But yeah, he says they could keep him alive out here, but they're not getting anything else from them, so they have to like have everything that they want and just live as outcast essentially. And that tomorrow they're going to go to get all the captive zombies and just kill them. <laughs> and then he says, "You're on my shit list, Flyboy." <laughs> <laughs> And this is the first time we see Sarah cry. She gets all upset here. Yeah. Yeah. So she creeps off to the lab because she needs to get some morphine. Irish guy goes with her. Jamaican guy says he would give them like half an hour and then come after them. And here's what we see in the science lab. Some very creepy creatures that I don't, I don't understand what they're doing in this movie. We get these shots of weird stuff that Frankenstein's been doing. And it just looks like Tom Savini went, what stuff do I have from other movies I've been working on <laughs> that I can put on this set? There's like weird like baby alien things. It's like, it's really weird. <laughs> what I was confused by was the tape recorder. At, oh, something about his mom. Like, what was that about? I don't know. I think it's meant to be them realizing he's gone crazy. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Mm. But it was very confusing. It was sure. confusing. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know enough about any of these characters to know what's normal and what's not. Yeah. I mean, their reaction made it seem like, oh, like he's going, gone crazy. But I didn't really get like what he was saying. on. I didn't really get it that well. Just crazy stuff. Crazy stuff about his mom. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what he sees. He's got a decapitated head of one of the dead military men, which is still yeah. alive. Its mm-hmm. eyes are still moving. That was really cool. Really cool effect. Yeah. Very cool effect. There's this cool bit in the making of of the actor next to his head, and they're both wobbling their eyes at the same time. It looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, and then they one of them said we should take that helicopter before someone else does, and I fucking agree. Like, did yeah. you just get out? Yeah, the fuck shit out. is going down, or it just get the fuck out. Yeah, I'm still worried about a stupid boyfriend for some reason. Uh. So here's where we get the music headphone scene with Bob. This is some people's favorite scene in the movie. Oh yeah, that was Frankenstein's good. Frankenstein's given puts headphones on him. Bob almost goes to bite him, and he lets him. He's like mm-hmm. gonna let him, but then he stops and overcomes that part of him. This scene was actually apparently so. The actor who played Bob says that Romero would kind of let them do what they wanted. He'd let them improvise, and they needed another scene of them doing stuff. And he said, "Oh, it would be a cool idea. How would zombies feel about music?" So it was his idea to kind of do this. And the scene played out completely organically the first time, where he like he was just acting slow to it, and then Frankenstein he he refused to kind of let Frankenstein get his attention. So you know that Frankenstein like waves his hand in front of Bob's mm-hmm. face, and then eventually he'd let the hand get his attention. So he kind of forced the other actor to do the finger thing to get his attention. So then he focused on the finger. And then that all, none of that was scripted. It all came from just him refusing to let the other actor dictate his actions. So he had to do more things, create the finger, follow the finger, and then show him how to press play on it. And I really love that cool. idea of an organic cool. scene. 
developing like that. But is this going too far? No, I liked that's, it. That's I liked Who it. Is this? I mean, I oh. looked forward to the scenes with Bub, so I mm-hmm. guess I liked it. Okay. What was the music in this? Beethoven. Beethoven, the yeah. Beethoven <laughs> the Ninth. Yeah. If you're going to get into music, then why not? So then he says it's time for Bob's reward, and it turns out he's feeding him parts <laughs> of the dead military men. Who would have guessed it? <laughs> to be fair, you got to do, I mean, why, they're just going to rot in the ground. Exactly. Yeah, come on. Get over it, guys. But you raised a good point here, Ruka, <gasps> about what zombies eat. Mm-hmm. Living. Yeah, because I think in the previous films, they said they they specified that they only eat warm flesh. And that's why the dead were eating the living. Whereas here, we get zombies eating corpses. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they'll be fine because we've got plenty of corpses. Yeah. (laughs) Loads of them. Go and just send the zombies to the graveyards. Yeah. I mean, I guess it had to be like like fresh flesh. I guess. But still... Maybe. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know if it makes sense, but this is the new law that we're dealing with. I mean, we have zombies who hold guns. And I know that is the impossible <laughs> thing for a lot of people. It's zombies holding guns. They're like, mm-hmm. no, can't get on board with that. Mm. But yeah, the major then comes in and sees these bodies. So he just shoots Frankenstein straight away. And then they confiscate all the guns from the scientists. And then we throw in a bit of, of racism for now. <laughs> There's plenty of racism in this film, actually, but I'm running a bit here. As he starts threatening Flyboy to hand over his weapons and says stuff that I will not repeat. <laughs> Should I repeat? It's a quote, so am I allowed to repeat it? Yes. Okay. No. I'm just going to have your opinion. Here. <laughs> <laughs> he says, don't shoot him. We need his ass. Kick him around a bit. Night- <laughs> Might knock some sense into that jungle bunny head. Oh, God. So bad. So he- bad. He does have a lot of racism in his movie yeah he's still writing he like scripts <laughs> like his... yeah again and again yeah definitely yeah, makes you feel yeah. uncomfortable but i mean as if we needed another reason to hate this dick mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> oh boy yeah so anyway he, sh- he shoots the scientist so we've re- basically got left sarah and the two chopper boys and he puts sarah and the irish guy into the pen with all the zombies and the Jamaican boy, they need him to fly them out of there, but he's refusing. So that's when they kick his ass a little bit because they need his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so the girl and the Irish guy grab a slab of wood and start to try and fight their way through all the zombies. And then an alarm goes off and it's the elevator and her ex-boyfriend, Miguel, Miguel <laughs> is heading up to the top floor on the elevator. Meanwhile, Bob just manages to break free yeah maybe when frankenstein got shot up like the bullets hit his chain and then broke it you or see something him, you see him pull a pin out of like the lock, oh. as if he just figured it out no no because he's they're learning they're a learning bit, <laughs> a little bit convenient but yeah so then sarah and the irish guy come across a rock slide in the tunnels so they get into scuffle with some zombies and we get an awesome spade kill in the face where he puts mm. like a shovel straight in there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he decapitated and his head. Yeah, but like and right then the eyeballs the still move. Yeah, <laughs> it's like upside down. Like oh, I love it. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And then the Jamaican boy sees his chance and overpowers the captain and his lackey and steals the two guns and doesn't shoot them because he's like, a good guy. Fuck? 
Come on. He's a good guy. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to fucking stoop to this level, you know, to you, their you level. You know who would have shot them? Peter. <laughs> yeah. Peter would have got <laughs> shit done. Peter. <laughs> Peter would have got shit done. <laughs> yep. And then he would have done some loving when he got to the island. island. And aborted those babies right away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you put Peter and yes. this guy together and you go, we're oh, psychos. Get pregnant. Yeah, yeah bought it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Infinite. dangerous cycle. Yeah. Uh, the military boys get to the elevator and realize it's stuck at the top and it can't come down. So what? Do you, this is your first time watching this movie. What do you think is happening here? Like, do you think they're going to be stuck down there now with all these zombies and that's the end? Or? No, I think that Miguel is doing something to rescue everybody. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same. Okay. Yeah, the opposite happens. Yeah, the captain wakes up. Jamaican boy's looking for the girl. What's up, Christina? Yeah, what? Why did he do that? <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> We're literally nearly there. Yeah. So, yeah, the chopper. Did anyone notice the Irish guy just starts barking here for no reason? Yeah. <laughs> like everything he does, he just starts barking afterwards. He's like, That's Rawr. his, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's his, like, get it done. <laughs> I think he'd just been drinking too much that day on set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put, he hits the, tin, but, sorry, I, I was typing this on my computer and I think I mistyped something so I can't understand why. <laughs> I You're said, using your computer this time because it's hard to read your handwriting normally and you can't then, read your computer right now. So I wrote, Man. he does something and then goes high. Yeah. So he was he just like high the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> he is wasted <laughs> yeah we get a cool shot of miguel at the fence now he's miguel. outside so i said see he does say it weird right miguel <laughs> you say miguel did i <laughs> yeah. yeah twice i'll let the listeners be the judge <laughs> you can email all complaints to mail at weirdgeeks.com yeah and then he lets all the zombies in now as you're saying christina why yeah so, some people think that it didn't work cutting his arm off and he's actually turning zombie and this is the zombie part of him that is then laying them in. Oh. Some people no. think he's just had enough of it all and he's fed up and he just thinks everybody should die. My big problem with this is that surely the pot boiler is that we see them amassing at the fence and right at the beginning of the film they say, how long is it going to last? Because there's more and more of them turning up. So surely for me, like, that's something you should be going back to constantly is that you should be cutting out of the bunkers to the fence as they're gradually more and more turning up as it's getting weaker, you know? So by the end, it, get, it gets pushed over essentially. Like, it seems very weird to me that you need a character to let you go up there to let them in, you know? It's like, hmm. it could have been this great building tension of all oh, the zombies are going to get it in at some point and we don't know when and instead it's just, no, he just goes up there and opens the door for them. But I don't know why. Why do you guys think? Okay, so I thought like maybe he's going up there to let them in so that it's clear for Sarah and the other guys to escape. But uh. there were still a lot of zombies there when they were escaping. So I really don't know. Definitely not. Yeah. Why he did it. I thought he was letting them in so that they would attack the army guys. Yeah. Like giving the yeah. goodies a chance to escape, but I guess but that doesn't make He was an army guy, wasn't he? Sense. Yeah, he was, but, but you know, like he was on Sarah's side, obviously. Yeah. But was but. he? I mean, he just, he's never nice to her that we I see. Know. I know. I know. I don't see any love towards her. Like, I'm never thinking he's doing it 
to be a hero <sighs> for me. I'm always seeing it. I just see it as he's that depressed. He's just like, let the world burn. He's just like, you know, let's just like, this is all impending. He knows he's going to die mm, anyway. Let's maybe. just take everybody out, you know, because everybody's being a dick. Yeah. Because <laughs> he thinks she's being a dick. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. It's a little unclear. Mm. It's, it's a lot unclear. Yeah. A lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> but then it could just effort as well. He lets them in and they don't get him straight away. Somehow he gets back to the elevator after letting them in. And then gets them all onto the elevator and then triggers it to go down as they start ripping him apart. And we get the beginning of the coolness again for me. The bookends of the film. This great shot of the elevator coming down and there's all these zombies, hundreds of zombies just on this elevator. No fakery here, no digital effects, just lots of extras. And mm -hmm. you get that first one that just falls off at the bottom. Which I love it. It's so cool. <laughs> And then a bit that had me and Haruka laughing for ages as the major's running away with his military men and he jumps onto a slow-moving golf cart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, like, they can't so catch up and jump on, too. <laughs> and he just drives away, which looks silly enough anyway, but then his friends come out just seconds behind and, like yeah, you said, could, could easily catch up. And one of them just goes, No! <laughs> 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 and the major looks so smug driving that thing. <laughs> and he only yeah. goes like 20 feet. He stops at the next <laughs> I know. Oh. Uh. Oh, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah. That bit brought me enough joy, though. I was almost like, you know what? It's almost worth it. Because that bit was so fucking funny. Yeah, this is so Bub is free. And then he sees Frankenstein on the floor and he thinks he's alive. So he shows him, look, I freed myself, all proud. Mm hmm thinking he's going to get appreciation. <laughs> it's really sad. Oh, it's yeah, so and then sad. he sees and then he sees Frankenstein and he's it's really dead. angry. Yeah. Uh and then he notices a gun. So we have like intent, we have like proper cognitive thoughts going on here, you know? Mhm. Mm a lot. Which, yeah, I can maybe buy the conditioning, like the sadness from the zombies listening to music. I don't know about this. I mean, this is properly Seeing something, showing, look, I did good. It's like having a kid, you know? Mm -hmm. And then the kid gets angry when it realizes what's going on. Then it can pick up a gun and realize, all right, I'm going to go use this gun to kill people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, at this point, I was like, okay, so this isn't just a zombie movie. This is like a crossover of zombie genre and, you know, Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster mm. thing, you know? So mm. I yes. saw it as that rather than a pure zombie flick. Yeah. And again, Romero doesn't give a shit what anybody else wants from his zombie films. <laughs> he doesn't care. He does not, no. Yeah, we have lots of cool effects here, though. We've got a military boy getting his face ripped off as he's screaming with fingers in the oh, eyeballs. That was so oh. crazy. That was pretty awesome. crazy. And it, did you notice as his yeah. throat is getting ripped, his voice gets higher because of his vocal cords getting torn apart? No, oh, details. No. But that was oh, pretty, God. that was pretty gory and gross. That was really gross. Haruka, when we left on of the Dead, you said you mm -hmm. didn't want things to get nastier. And I said, well, it's going mm -hmm. to next week. Yes. How do you feel? Well, I actually really enjoyed the gore in this because I don't like gore when it's all serious. But right. this one just looked like so much fun to make and stuff. And you right. can kind of tell they were really enjoying it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it does look, I mean, obviously you can tell it's not real, but it does look 
very effective and very real. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like you said, it's so over the top. Yeah. That creative. it's hard to take it seriously. It's yeah. creative gore. Yeah, and then we've got another military boy who has his actual eyeball ripped out while his yeah. fingers are being chewed off. Oh. They just tear at his face and the eyeballs just oh, pop. Oh, just shit. shoot yourself already. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, and then another military boy runs into Bob who then starts shooting at him and then another uh, other zombies start biting him. So he, he, yeah, he does. He commits suicide. Yeah. So this steel. is steel, isn't it? Yeah. Did you notice he makes a cross with his gun before he shoots himself? Yeah. This is because, <laughs> I don't want to muster up the energy to care, but this is because the actor said to Romero, I want my character to be redeemable. I want people to like my character and feel there was something like going on with Steel this whole time. And this guy is very Catholic. So he said, let's just make him religious because everybody likes a religious oh, person. God. Then he's redeemable. <laughs> but everything so, that he has shown throughout the whole movie is, has not, is like not somebody... Not not, not a good Catholic yeah, boy. Yeah, not a good no. Catholic boy, exactly. <laughs> not a good Catholic boy at all. I mean, the only thing is that he kind of like, was like, like didn't want to shoot Sarah, but, you know, in the beginning, mm -hmm. he's just yeah. like, uh, mm -hmm. that's the only like good thing he kind of did for a second. For a second. Yep. Well, dead. So, Jamaican boy <laughs> meets up with Sarah and Irish boy. They start climbing the ladder yeah. up to the surface because there's another way out, apparently. While the major's stocking up on guns and then comes across Bob and he's trying to load his gun as Bob fires at him. And we get it's kind of a cool scene because yeah. he's got the better gun and he's, you know, alive. So he should be fine. But instead, he just starts panicking and Bob is like missing him as he shoots. But. It's kind of this cool impending sort of death that drags on a while. And then he ends up opening a door to just lots of zombies. Bob shoots him and he gets the best ripping of, of all. He gets mm -hmm. fucking torn apart as Bob salutes him. <laughs> and he's screaming something, which I didn't hear, but you, you said it sounded it was like choke, choke on it. Choke on it was it, choke yeah. on it, apparently. And apparently. Who said choke on it? The major. Oh. As they're as eating was, him. Yeah. But apparently, did you know that apparently when they were filming this scene, someone accidentally left the fridge unplugged over a very hot weekend. The fridge that they kept the <sighs> organ. The, the guts. Yeah, the guts. Oh. So apparently it was like really ripe and rot like rotting when oh, they had to film it. And all the zombies got to like have cotton balls up their noses so they didn't smell it. But the the actor who's playing the major had to like <laughs> actually suffer and try not to vomit i did see so tom savini does like these little behind scenes videos uh -huh. and there is a video of that happening and afterwards oh. the actor looks like he's about to throw up like he looks so seriously like he's about to puke everywhere. that's disgusting oh. that would be why i guess that is disgusting oh. i mean you know serves him right for <laughs> yeah so he paid for his <laughs> yeah sorry but Oh, oh, man. But yeah, he's finally dead, and it's satisfying. To mm -hmm. see. So satisfying. Yeah, we, we get loads of shots of the zombies eating meat and guts, that, that blood just spraying up on the walls in ridiculous buckets. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all trapped down there, aren't they? So all those zombies are going to die out eventually, unless they learn how to climb ladders. Which they might do because they're yeah. learning. Yeah. Bub's going to teach them. 
Bub can teach them. Yeah, I wonder what Bub's going to get up to down there. Get himself a nice little zombie wife, settle down, write a novel. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to think what else you do afterwards. I don't know, write a little novel. Okay, get to my favorite part. All right, so then the trio, our last trio, which of course is the Irish boy, Jamaican guy, and Sarah. They head to the chopper. But zombies are approaching fast from somewhere else for no apparent reason. I don't know why. They just happen to have just got through at a different time. Um, and she's <laughs> grabbed by a zombie and then wakes up again. Maybe it's all been a dream. Who knows? And they've made it out. They're on a beach, presumably an island. Gulls are flying. Both of the boys are fishing. Yeah. She, <laughs> she begins crossing off a calendar and it's November the 4th. So... This is where you realize, okay, it hasn't all been a dream. This is, you know, just a yeah. few weeks. Well, a few days. Five later. days. Yeah. Also. Five days from where we began. When does she have time to pack her freaking calendar? <laughs> yeah. That is <laughs> good a very, very point. good point. <laughs> so there you go. That is it. That is Day of the Dead. Positive ending for this one. I mean, the last one had a pseudo positive ending. Could have gone badly afterwards. They don't have much mm. gas. They're like, yeah, we'll see how far we get. This week, they're the dead. Happy ending. All three of them get out fine. Got a nice yeah. little beach. She's going to have lots of babies. It's all going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 80s. So, uh, it's not much to talk about afterwards with this movie. Uh, they had a very limited release. It didn't do well when it came out. It didn't have the marketing George or anybody wanted. Fans weren't turning up to support the film and instead they were going to see Return of the Living Dead. Broke George's heart a little bit. Audiences were actually booing at the end of the film because of the ambiguity is how they saw it. But The what? Ambiguity. They thought it was too ambiguous the ending. Um, Like the other one wasn't? Dawn of the Dead? I know. (laughs) (laughs) But people wanted more dawn of the dead they wanted that fun vibe to it you know they wanted to like have a goofy time as well as a serious time and this was not mm-hmm. this is a, it's a serious movie or at least trying to be a serious movie <laughs> so siskel and ebert said it was their worst film of the week so we've had a good little ride with ebert haven't we from hating night then turning around saying oh no i like it really when other critics liked it saying dawn of the dead is phenomenal and now worst film of the week to this one and they showed a clip of the majors acting during their Why This Is Our Worst Film of the Week. Oh, God. And he said it really broke his heart. He was crying watching everybody oh. was ridiculing him for his oh, acting. Oh, it is sad. So that is sad. sad. It is, it is sad. And again, I am not placing all blame on him. I place blame on Romero as well, 100%. You know, yeah. it is both of their faults. He really mm-hmm. has full control. Yes. Yeah. But I don't know if this guy could do better <laughs> anyway he's, he's just nothing i don't think he's the kind of person you want on screen anyway it just doesn't mm. have a likable presence you know yeah. but he wasn't supposed to be likable so yeah but i think that's terrible for a villain just to have someone who's just this this and you know there are, are villains you do love yeah you mm. should like yeah you know, i mean yeah not to not to talk about the week that we're in but we just went to one of the biggest films ever made and it had a villain that i loved for sure mm-hmm. and it's crazy for me, when you have villains like this that are just just defined by being dicks, it's like, well, it's not interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's what it really is. It's just not not interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there needs to be a conflict in your your protagonist and your villain, not just your protagonist. And mm-hmm. in this film, there's not a conflict in either of them. 
No. Like, she actually, she does nothing. If you think about it, she's a strong woman because we're told literally she's strong (laughs) and she keeps her shit together most of the time. But she does nothing. She doesn't come up with a scientific solution. She doesn't come up with an aggressive solution. She doesn't come up with a pacifist. She does nothing. Yeah. Her character was pretty boring. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised by because again Romero was still saying at this point he's trying to make up for Barbara he's trying to like yeah and you could kind of you see that in the like in the very beginning of the movie and the role that she's given she's the lead of the movie you know she's Mm -hmm. like the the strongest one in there but I think I think all of them were just kind of it was just kind of boring yeah Yeah. none of the characters really stood out as interesting apart maybe apart from Bob and Dr. Frankenstein but yeah, especially Everyone coming from Dawn like, of the Dead. I really loved all those characters. They, they mm-hmm. really made it for me. And and this one, it was just, you know. Well, think about it in any as... good movie or any even bad movie, your protagonist has an arc. Yeah. And the only character in this that has an arc, now that I'm thinking about it, is Bub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it Bub really for the win. <laughs> Bub is the only one that goes through stuff and comes out the other end and learns things and then uses what it learns to complete its cycle of an arc. Like mm-hmm. everyone else in here doesn't really have an arc. They have a slide, maybe, <laughs> but not an arc. Yeah. Yeah, but this film did become renowned for the major's terrible over the top acting. Like that became a big thing about this film. Robert Gonzalez, who's a critic at the time, um, said, if you read the scientists as film artists and the soldiers as money guys, then the film becomes a personal expression of Romero's anger and depression. Which, again, in all the interviews with Romero, he never alludes to any of this. He always seems to be proud and acts as if everything went fine. But you get the interviews with the producers around him, and they say he was going for a tough time. Like, he was down a lot. He was fighting with the production studio. Yeah. And they never really say what about, so I don't know, you know the full details, but... And speaking of Bob, one last little story I want to throw in that I kind of <laughs> think is funny. He says he's still, uh, he's still obviously renowned for playing Bob. Uh, people still come up to him and he goes to conventions and people, you know, want to get all excited to meet him. And he says one of, his, one of his favorite bizarre memories of fans is he was in a restaurant and he said an attractive woman came over to him and told him that she had to show him something. And he said, okay. So then in this public place, she lifted up her short skirt, turned around, pulled down her panties, and she had Bub tattooed onto her right butt cheek. <laughs> okay. And he said that's um, how, yeah, that was like his only sort of moment where he felt like a famous person. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> that wow. is insane. Oh, so yeah, people love Bub. And people still loved Romero after this movie, but it didn't do well. It didn't make much money. It took him a long time before he would return to the dead films. It was thought that they were gone. And it's going to be not till 2005 until he's going to return. So that's that's 20 what, 20 years. years? 20 years. Wow. I mean, I, as I've said before, I would have loved one of these once a decade, you know. Um, but it's not how it turned out. Hmm. So, ladies... Christina. So I, as I said, I did really like the opening. It was promising. And the middle was pretty boring for me just because I didn't really connect with the characters like I did with the previous film. But the effects were so much better. And there were some really cool shots. And it was gory and it was gross. And 
you know, you could tell that they put a lot of effort into it, which was cool. I didn't love the location as much as I love the mall <laughs> because I didn't get to go shopping. <laughs> and I was like, you know, like uh, towards the end, I was like, oh, I really do hope they end up on an island. Like, I really do hope they do. And I really didn't think they were gonna, but I was happy at the end when they did. So it was okay. It's, it's not my favorite one. Did you like it more but, than um, the crazies? I thought the acting was better than the crazies. I thought it did make a lot more sense than the crazies, but I liked talking about the crazies a lot more than I did this <laughs> film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, it's just not much to talk about with this film. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It is just, it is a little, you know, boring. Not much happens. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, okay. But would you recommend it to people? I mean, you seem, you like night, you like dawn. The crazies you definitely didn't like. This one, somewhere in the middle, or you not? You I guess it's in the middle. I mean, I guess if you watch a couple of his films, you should just watch all of the films. <laughs> you go through what <laughs> we have like to you go through. It's like you just do it, you know. Well, what do you want? I mean, you know, twenty years later, like that's plenty of time to rethink. Gosh, um, I know. I have new ideas. now. I really, I have no freaking clue what's going to happen next. No clue. So I don't even know what I want. I do. I no, mean, no, I do no. want characters like I can really attach to again. I want Peter back. <laughs> Spoilers: Peter does not come back. Damn it! Do you want to be outside or do you want to be in? Because like we've always okay, said, yeah, we so like it best when you're inside a location. No, but, but it is was... hard because like we came from a mall. We were indoors for like the whole movie, basically. And then we're underground for the next movie. So I kind of like, that's why maybe the beginning and the ending, it was refreshing because it was outside, you know? So I yeah. do want something maybe a little different, maybe like split or a change of scenery, you know? Yeah. Okay. Haruka? Yes. Well... It was definitely my least favorite out of all the films we've watched so far because it felt quite generic and cheap in comparison to the other ones. I thought it had less character, apart from Bob. Mm -hmm. I did really like Bob. But as I said earlier, because I like the crossover of the you know classic Dr. Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster um, thing crossing into the zombie genre, because I am a sucker for cute monsters cute sad monsters <laughs> is that a failing or a success though when you've got a big zombie movie and the cute monsters are your favorite bit of it uh, well, yeah i guess it mm. failed as a zombie flick but to me it succeeded as oh well, yeah it, it didn't succeed but um <laughs> it had some saving grace for me because otherwise it would have been just a drab boring generic film i did enjoy the the gory effects surprisingly because i really thought i wouldn't but it was fun to watch yeah yeah it was quite generic and where do you hope in 20 years Ugh, that romero would get to yeah i hope he would get over the whole like war movie thing because all the the other films including this one, have been all about, no, this is, this is war, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I hope he'll feel more at peace with the world, <laughs> maybe. 
and something more intimate, like back to the original, you know, intimacy would be nice. And cooler music, bring back the cool music. <laughs> okay, okay. So bring yeah. back the library music is really what you yeah. mean. It had more character though, I thought. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, I was dreading coming back to this one because I don't like ugly films. And this for me is an ugly film. When I first watched it, this was everything that I, in my head growing up when I was, didn't want to watch horror films, this was how I thought they were, you know? These cheap looking, ugly looking, ugly characters, ugly effects, like just mean spirited things. And this is that kind of movie. It's like, there's no one in here that you can really get behind. And it looks, I mean, this costs so much more than any of the other films. And it looks, other than the effects, it looks terrible. And I think something, I'm actually coming to two realizations with this viewing is one, I think Romero needs a different DP because Mm -hmm. the crazies, Dawn of the Dead, this, a bunch of his films in between, he's using the same DP and it looks bad. It just looks bad. I don't think he's a great director anyway. I don't think he has many ideas for camera movement or camera placement or effective stuff like that. I don't even think his scripts are that good, to be honest. But I think he's a great ideas guy. Like, I think he's got good, broad ideas and bold ideas. And I applaud that. Like, I like seeing someone just going crazy with stuff and just going, I'm just going to go off and do what I want to do and fighting for that. But the talent's just not there. Acting, script, and definitely the look of the film. If this film looked okay and the acting was good, then I could get by it being set in a bunker. But as it is, I'm here for very few things. One is the opening that I think is fantastic. Love it. Second is the ending, which is a lot of fun, mostly because Savini gets to do his thing and Romero's smart enough to use just wide angles to let us see it properly. No shaky cam, no up-close stuff to obscure it like you do nowadays. Wide shots of horrible things happening with great effects. Bub, I don't know, like again, like I like him, but just because I think everything else in this movie is so terrible, like mm-hmm. he's something to grab hold of. But yeah, I don't necessarily like my zombies doing these things. And the ending, I don't like it, Christina, I'm sorry. Like for me, I gave Dawn of the Dead a pass because it's not necessarily happy, you know. Most of them die and they could run out of gas at any moment. Maybe they die a few minutes later, you know. But it's interesting at least. This one is not interesting for me. Like the three main people get away and they're sitting on an island and like, what's the plan? What's going to happen? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> the whole world is going to go to shit and they're just going to go fishing on their island. I mean, I don't know. The one thing that is the worst thing about this movie is, I'm sorry, but the actor who played the major and I am so grateful for him now. Like, I watch this movie now, watching it particularly with a friend. I think on your own, it's miserable, but watching it with a friend. <laughs> Thank I was you. So- Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I was so grateful, one, to have a friend there to watch it with, but two, for him, because he is so hilariously bad that it made this movie fun to watch. <laughs> it really did. It's <laughs> nowhere near as long as Dawn of the Dead, and normally it felt much longer. But It did feel watching- long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, but for sure. I didn't feel as bad this time because I got to laugh about it. And if you're going to watch this film, I would say watch it with some people and maybe have a few beers first because yes, that will help. <laughs> that will <laughs> Should help. I do for that sure. for the next one? So 20 years to the next one. I'm not going to talk too much about it now. I would like to tease you guys. With what no, no, my friends will watch one. it with me. <laughs> I will say 
that the next one out of the next three i'm not sure which of the next three you guys will like i will say the next one is the most highest rated out of the next three like we might have a tiny spike for you before the last two but you could end up surprising me like some people you know prefer the later ones um it's definitely way more money than we've seen him handle before it is a return for romero and you have to understand in those 20 years he became a horror legend uh, a real horror icon and whether he deserves that or not is up for debate but so he could come back with a lot of control a lot of money and a lot of stars that wanted to be a part of his movie hey i would do it Mm. (laughs) what did you haruka (laughs) Yeah. I'd play Barb. I don't care. (laughs) I want to be Bob. I want to play Bob. Uh, Do Bob as Bob, like Burb. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, he was getting a lot older by that point as well, which has to be taken into consideration, and we will when we get there. But it's a very different type of movie. Uh, Even though he's going to be using a lot of his original ideas for Day of the Dead, he's finally going to get to do with money and technology in Land of the Dead. Uh, which is next week's podcast. And because he ran out of time zones, you got night, you got dawn, you got day. <laughs> Where'd you go after that? Dusk of the Dead is what people thought he was going to return with. Um. For a long time, it was Dusk of the Dead is what people thought. But no, he came with Land of the Dead instead. Yeah, and it's going to be a different type of movie. I'm actually excited for this one because I haven't been back to it in a while. I actually saw it for the first time at Fright Fest when it debuted there. It had, a, I think it was the worldwide premiere there even. And oh, Romero wow. was there. Um, and it was a real joy to see him uh particularly now and sadly yeah he passed away last year mm-hmm. yeah i'm excited to get to that one see how you guys feel about it until then if you're listening to this please head on over to weirdgeeks.com weirdgeeks.com and you can patch on through to all of our previous podcasts uh such as friday 13th nine on elm street texture chainsaw massacre child's play hellraiser uh what else other stuff and please do subscribe and please do rate it uh, we put a lot of hours a lot of effort into this and it would help us out a lot if you can just take the sort of 30 seconds it will take you to go on itunes and to rate us and subscribe to us what else is going on you can go to weird geeks and also email us through there or just email us directly mail at weirdgeeks.com hit up our social medias and hit the little black tab that says we are tessellator a production company and they publish us run out of london tokyo and la making movies short films music videos albums video games and other stuff too and we talk about the stuff that we're making over there and personal stories as well as topical games and movie stuff on our weekly podcast geeks we just did potentially the world's first spoiler infinity war podcast i don't know went up very quick and we were seeing it before most people so you can check that out as well Unless you listen to it in the future, in which case you're probably not interested. You probably know what happens in Infinity War 2. Let us know. Mail us at mail at weirdgeeks.com. Uh, you can follow me on all social medias, Mr. Al White, M-R-A-L-W-H-I-T-E. And on the Xbox, Christina. At underscore hi, H-I, Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. On Instagram and on Twitter. And uh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I like your accent at the end of that. <laughs> Haruka. I am Haruka.abe on Twitter and Ruka.haruka on Instagram. So much conviction there. Love it. Mm-hmm. I thought we were going to lose you, Christina. I'm not going to lie. When we came to this podcast, I thought maybe this, you seemed like you were going to go during the crazies. I thought maybe this is the one where we start it and you're like, Al, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> so I'm proud of you for hanging in. I appreciate it. And we will see everybody next Friday when we'll tackle Land of the Dead. We're out. Geeks.
Keks. Keks.